Welcome to Sports BKC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast. It's Friday, May 22nd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Today we hear from Andy Reid. The Chiefs coach held court in a virtual media session and will run it in its entirety about 20 minutes. Reid was asked right off the bat about the proposed 4th and 15 rule to replace the onside kick. The rule would allow a trailing team an opportunity to maintain possession of the ball after scoring by converting a 4th and 15 from the kicking team's 25-yard line. Spoiler alert, Reed said he's not for the rule, but if it passes, with quarterback Patrick Mahomes' ability for clutch plays, the Chiefs would be in good position. Reed covered several other topics, and one I found most interesting comes at the end. It involves how the team values the virtual presence of its players. Give it a listen. You'll hear what I mean. So here we go with Andy Reid speaking to reporters on Friday. Okay, we'll start with Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hi, Andy. How are you doing today? Doing good, Adam. Thanks. Good. Hey, I wanted to get your thoughts on the proposal um, for the replacement or possible replacement for the onside kick, the fourth, uh, fourth and 15 rule. Just uh, your thoughts on that change in general, and if it, if that rule is instituted, how do you think your team will, will fare under that uh, under that rule? Well, I, listen, I I don't know if it's going to pass or not. I know the special teams coaches aren't real big on that. Um, you know, it takes away uh, obviously one of the elements of theirs, and then it's also the kickoff, which has been under scrutiny here and kickoff returns. So, you know, to keep the integrity of the game, you, you like that part of it. Uh, on the other hand, if it does pass and you, you know, we, we've got a guy that can, can uh, do fourth and 15s. I mean, he, he would give us an opportunity to be able to do that. So um, I, I've got kind of mixed, mixed thoughts on it. Um, I, I would probably stick, uh, you know, being an old guy, I'd probably stick with the integrity of the game as it, sits right now, but I can also see where uh, the other part could be exciting too. Okay, let's go to Herbie. Herbie, go ahead. Hey, Coach, good to see you as always. Hope you're well. You're you're the only one that's been able to keep his hair right. (laughs) Thanks, Coach. You mentioned the the installs that you're going through right now, and and phase three of the off-season workout program is typically for installs and learning. But how big of a challenge is it for you as, as the head coach and also your coaching staff to see how it's going? And the second part to that is how does that affect what you typically like to see in the normal year out of the players at this time before camp, especially with training battles still to go? Excuse me, position well, battles. Well, yeah, the coaches have used, uh, because we can't go on the field, um, the coaches have used uh, unique uh, you know, tools with them as far as uh, maybe calling on a player to do an install, you know, to install a play or whatever it might be. So um, for us, it's given all our coaches an opportunity to do installs as we go. Uh, again, just to keep the focus of the player and to keep it keep it fresh. Other than that, it's been great. I I, I just uh, uh, phase three for us, we're kind of keeping the same schedule that we had before uh, for the most part to this point. So. Um, we're going from two installs to three installs, uh, and then and then we just we work from there. Um, but again, we're, we're still not able to be on the field. Let's go to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. 
Hey, Coach, uh, you know, you've talked before about coaching being a fraternity and and you haven't been opposed to going out and talking to other coaches for advice and they come to you as well. I'm just curious, you know, have you reached out to anyone, whether it be, you know, a pro level coach, college level, other sports about coaches who have taken their teams to back to back championships and done that for just advice and maybe how you can navigate this? Yeah, no, I haven't. Um, you know, I was lucky to be on a team that did that at one time. So um, I, I have that bank, but no, I have not, uh, Matt. Uh, however, I have talked to uh, a lot of coaches, um, but I haven't had that actual discussion. Let's go to Aaron with KSHB. Coach, uh, just as this conversation around fanless games evolves, I'm curious, obviously, with the Chiefs playing in what they call the loudest stadium in the world, I'm curious if you think maybe the Chiefs are at a disadvantage if there are fanless games or, or capacity caps with the fans at the games. Yeah, listen, I, I don't think uh, – first of all, we love our our fans. I mean, they are the loudest in the world, and it's ridiculous how, how, how loud it gets for our opponents. So, uh, but – uh, on the other hand, we'll, we'll still go play, and it'll be kind of that way. There'll probably be a lot more talking with the players that you can hear. You know, those guys get pretty creative out there in, in their conversations. So, uh, but the the actual fans will miss them if that's where it goes. But uh, we'll still be able to function. Let's go to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Coach, thank you for the time. Um, yeah. Along the lines, kind of uh, of, of Aaron Donald was quoted yesterday as saying, you can't play the game without fans. Um, I'm just curious first, you know, where you sit on that. I mean, the reality may be as we're seeing sports start that there are no fans. How would you weigh in on not having fans? And then how long can you go virtually prepping? Like at at what point does, you know, uh, rubber have to meet the road and and pads have to go on and, and, you know, you actually have to start hitting to to really prepare for a real NFL season, or or can you do it all virtually and just be in close quarters only on game day? Yeah, uh, listen, I mean, we we probably could do anything. I mean, and still put out a good product. Um, I mean, that that's how our mindset is uh, as players and coaches. However, you sure would like to have the opportunity to get back on the field and and do it. I think it'd make for a better game. Um, as far as the fans go. You know, I understand what Aaron's saying, I, and, and uh, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, I mean, it doesn't feel like it makes sense to be without be without fans, but it's also part of what we would all have to deal with um, if, if that's if that's the situation that it comes to. My hope is that we can get everybody uh, back out there, and we can have a, a stadium full of people, and we can go, and everybody can stay safe, and that's probably the most important thing, well, it is the most important thing as we go forward. So, um, and I'd say that same thing for your teams. Uh, all the teams around the world that are playing these different sports and are getting together now, um, I know safety ends up being uh, the thing that's talked about the most um, and, and that we, we make sure that we're doing that with our players. Let's go to Sam McDowell. Hey, Coach. Hope you're doing well. Hey, Sam. Good. Yeah, thank you. Sam. Uh, kind of to build off what Seren asked, but I'm wondering if you could maybe offer specifics about um, exactly what you miss out on by not being on the field, what maybe concerns you most, whether it's one or two things, um, if you don't get enough on-field time with the guys. 
Yeah, so I'd probably tell you timing of uh, routes. I'd tell you break points on, on the secondary and linebackers. Um, the offensive line is fundamentals and defensive line is more fundamental work. And then I, I think that, you you know, if you talk to medical people, that you, you understand that injuries can go up if you're not working change of direction or being tugged on like a running back would be tackled and he's got to pull through a tackle that it has a tendency to up injuries. We saw that a little bit with the lockout here um, with Achilles tendons and that. So those things end up being important, but from a pure football standpoint, you know, it's your timing, your breaks, and uh, the guys are still going to be competitive. They're, they're going to do the best they possibly can do with whatever we give them. But um, it sure would help, I think, uh, the injury area and also – uh, the, the game if we if we have a little build up to it let's go to nate taylor go ahead nate hey andy uh thanks again. Hey, yep. um you know steve sort of mentioned this earlier this week but you know you you try at this point to get a rough idea of what your rookie class can do uh, especially once you take them in the draft because you've seen them on the field whether it's in rookie minicamp or in the ota period um with that not being the case i'm just wondering if there's anything that you've learned about your rookies in this virtual remote process? And are there things you're starting to identify that you want to sort of implement or have them work on when you guys do get a chance to get on the field? Yeah, so I, I, I have staff meetings and I still ask about the players and uh, who's doing well and, and predominantly the rookies um, uh, as far as learning. Because I think if, if we can over um, emphasize the learning part of it now, not that we don't, but we can really emphasize that now uh, that, that there's a chance it eliminates just an inch of that angst when they're on the field where they can perform athletically or physically the best of their ability. So we're kind of putting a hammer down on that and, and working it and emphasizing it to the player. I'm getting good reports back from the coaches on the on the rookies there uh the guys are working their tail off right now and you know coaches give quizzes and all those things too so you get an idea of feedback and you just have the guy i'd go hey nate uh, why don't you uh explain to the guys 22z and take us through and detail it so you get a feel there on exactly what the guys uh what they know and um and then you, with the rookies, you, you've got a couple extra hours that you can work with them. So the coaches have a little log time in there where they can uh, get the rookies aside and, and visit with them. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important please visit kansascity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Let's go to Karen Kornacki. Go ahead, Karen. Hi, Coach. How are you? I'm doing good, Karen. Thanks. 
Thank you. Two things. One, um, Peter Vermees basically said, without fans, there's no home field advantage. And I wondered if, if based on all the things we talked about already, you feel that way. And the other thing is just that, have you heard of any precautions that the league may take that make you feel better about guys getting back together on the field, you know, hitting, breathing and stuff? Have you heard some things that the league is considering that you, you like? Well, they're, they're going through a lot of uh, things, um, whether it's studies uh, uh, of other sports that are starting up um, around the world. Um, they're, they're keeping close track on that. Uh, they've, they've, I'm sure they've talked about it. I haven't been in the meetings, but I've, I know they're meeting a lot on exactly player safety and fan safety. So I know whatever they come up with will be good. And uh, it's also the union that works with the players union also works with them on that. So uh, they'll come up with a, a good solution. I don't know what those are right now, but I know it will be good once it happens. What was the other part of your question there? Uh, the other part was just we had talked about fans and their importance, but uh, Peter Vermees basically said he doesn't believe if you don't have fans, you have no home field advantage. Yeah, yeah. So I listen. I there, there's there's home field advantage with the fans. There's home field advantage that you don't travel and that you know the facility and 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 where everything lays on that field. So you have that part of it. But I, I would tell you, we'd miss the fans if that's the direction it goes. I mean, we got the best fans in the NFL, so. We'd miss the fans. But again, you know, when you're given these things, you have to go through and say, okay, this is what we've got, fellas. Uh, and, and you got to muster it up and, and go play and, and, uh, and still do all that. So, you know, and then if nothing else, we know our fans are watching. Because <laughs> so, uh, the, the Kansas City fans don't miss a beat. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll make sure they know. That, uh, they'll make sure that our players know that they're they're behind us. All right, guys, we probably have time for a few more here, so we're going to go Adam, Sarin, and then BJ. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Andy, uh, just wondering what you guys liked about Shea Patterson, and also uh, <laughs> what you got, how well you got to know him through this kind of distant uh, coaching season. And one other thing, real quick, uh, uh, Pat's going to be, as you know, giving that commencement speech tomorrow. Is a guy who spent a lot of time in front of a microphone. What kind of advice do you have for him? Yeah, well, I'll start with that one because um, I, I think that that's a real neat thing that he's having an opportunity to do uh, with Texas Tech. So um, he is passionate about sports. He's passionate about tech. And so I just think it's a, it's a neat thing that he'd have that opportunity to do it. And uh, Pat's pretty cool cucumber there. He, he'll he'll – uh, and he's a sharp kid and speaks well. So I think he'll have a nice presentation for him. But the main thing is just to relax and enjoy the moment. And, you know, it's a, what a great experience it is. And then as far as Shea goes, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I started chuckling when you asked because you got everything behind you, Michigan State. And here's a Michigan kid. You guys are like arch rivals. So and we've got a lot of Michigan kind of background on our in our quarterback room there but with Chad. and, and um, and Jordan actually and, and Shea played together so at Mississippi. So they they um, they also know each other. But um, we'll see. We'll see how he does. And and it's an opportunity for him uh, to make our football team. And that's that's how he has to look at it. It doesn't matter how you get in the door. You're in the door. Now whatever you do with it, you do. If, you know you got to handle yourself 
the right way and, and, and work with it. But uh, Jim Harbaugh spoke highly of him, and, and uh, I trust Jim. Okay, let's go to Sarin. Go ahead, Sarin. Coach, um, I know uh, for the most part, you know, football is, is your focus, right? That's what you want to do. You're, you're not wanting to do other things. Sometimes life runs into sports, right? And, and social issues run into sports, different things. The Rooney Rule uh, has been talked about a lot this week again and some of the proposed changes that were out there. And there's even some people calling it, you know, maybe the Enemy the Rule, right? Eric Enemy is starting to become, you know, the face of the league. He's a guy that has a position, certainly has the resume to be a head coach. I've heard your, your thoughts on it. And I know where you kind of stand, but could you detail maybe what it does to Eric Bieniemy? I mean, he seems like you. He, he seems to just want to coach football. Uh, not that he doesn't have, you know, strong, passionate, you know, ideas and values and, and things like that. But he, he seems to be a reluctant, you know, front man, if you will, for this. But he's yet thrust into that role. How has that affected uh, him as a coach? And, and what advice do you give him uh, in being thrust into that role? Yeah, well, first of all, keep being you, right? So that's uh, that's always the most important thing, and it's gotten him to this point. And he'll he'll get he'll have an opportunity here as a head coach. But listen, I think anything that's that, that helps opportunity, I'm good for, uh, good with, as long as it doesn't put that person in a bind or disadvantage coming in, you know, whatever whatever it is. So I, I think um, with an Eric situation. It, and and every everybody that interviews, uh, the it's you're in there for only a couple hours with the, with the owners, and so do they really get to know you in that time? And and uh, and I wish there was an extended period of time that they could visit with you. And we're always we're always cramming in, uh, you know, owners are always having to cram in these interviews, but to actually have enough time to get to know what the person is all about. And uh, I think that that becomes an important thing. You, if you, the more you're with Eric Benemy, the more you appreciate him and understand him and know that he's a great leader of men. And so uh, does an owner actually have that time or are we rushing? And some of it's our schedule uh, because of the playoffs. Are we rushing in and, and okay, I got to get these three, you know, interviews done, boom, 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 boom. And, and does that, does that owner actually see the worth and that person interviewing. And, um, you know, so I, I worry, I worry more about those kind of things. I mean, Eric's had opportunities to, to interview, but it's, it's always a bang, bang thing. And you get a couple hours and then you're out. I mean, how well do you get to know a guy in a couple hours? Okay. BJ Kissel, do you want to close this out? <clears throat> Coach again, thanks for everything. We appreciate your time. Yeah. You bet, uh, BJ. Just curious with the installs, particularly as it relates to the young guys. And I know you said that you'd been getting reports from your coaches that have been going through that with them. I'm just curious, because of the, the challenge of already being a young guy, trying to play catch up and, and learn the system, what kind of either extra help have they been given or are the, the install meetings set up, set up differently between veterans and young guys? Just, I guess, logistically, how are you making sure those yeah. young guys are absorbing everything you're giving them? Yeah, so we've we've tried to keep this time consistent. They've got um, a two-hour period with the veterans. That's what you have. With the rookies, you have a five-hour period that you can work with them. So uh, we try to work in a couple extra hours for uh, the rookies to meet. Uh, we were originally doing it with Dave Tobe and the coaches. Um, so Dave got a little bit of special teams introduction to the guys and then the coaches had them for a nice block of two hours. 
Um, but anyways, you've, you've got that extra time and our coaches use that. So they get on with them. And uh, in some cases, just one or two guys uh, in a room. So they, they get, or whatever we're calling these rooms, but uh, we're, uh, you know, doing, doing it this way here. So um, virtually, but uh, it's, um, they get, they get that time. And, and right now for those kids, time's important and your attitude and approach to that is important. Are you going to stay awake uh, looking at this, this screen? Are you going to stay awake? Uh, we make them keep their face showing and not click off the, the camera. So uh, we see them where that's a little bit of interaction there. Uh, one of the things we always teach the guys when the coach is talking, try to make eye contact with them if you're not writing something down so that you stay focused on it. And, and uh, whether it's on the field or in a meeting, eyes up and on the person that's speaking. So uh, these guys are, they're, they're doing that. We've had a hundred percent participation and they're, they're cranking. I mean, they're, they're going and I've, I've been, I've been very happy with that. Their approach to it. So, so far, so good. That'll do it for today and this week. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Links to Chief stories can be found in the show notes, and all of our Chiefs coverage is available on the Red Zone Extra app. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands. It's still a good one. 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes the Sports Extra on the E-Edition. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. Hey, whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening. 